T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It is now 8.07 here at WCCO. I am excited to talk to our guests because, you see, many people have had trouble sleeping during the pandemic. We've talked about this several months ago, and I'm asking why. I am one of those. I am having a problem with sleeping. I am trying to stay focused, and sometimes it just doesn't work. So why? Why are we having trouble sleeping during a pandemic? Well, we get some insight from Professor Roxanne Pritchard or Card. I apologize for not saying your, your name correctly, but the uni- she's at the University of St. Thomas, and she's a professor who specializes in psychology and neuroscience. Roxanne, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for having me. When it comes to a pandemic, it's frightening. I'll never forget the first time we heard the words that this is going to be an awful pandemic for us in this country and throughout the world. Um, and then all of a sudden, I started sleeping a little better. But now it's far worse. I don't know if it's the variant. I don't know if I'm just not settled in my spirit. So tell us why it is so important for us to talk about sleep right now during this pandemic. Well, sleep in a single behavior is probably the most important thing we can do for our health, not just our bodies, but our minds and our spirits. So sleep is a great balm and a wonderful medicine. Um, And when our days are off, our sleep is off. But conversely, when we help our sleep get better, it improves our days. So why are we losing so much sleep? I hear from friends and foes. Oh, my gosh, I'm not sleeping, and I I don't know what to do about it. So there's a lot of things we can do. Um, I think part of it is just to acknowledge all the stress and the grief that we've been through. It's, It's really, really a lot. Um, and we're kind of just expected to keep on performing as if all this hasn't happened. So I I just want to start by acknowledging we've, we've been through it and that is weighing heavy on our, on our spirits, on our minds. Tell us Um, why sleep is so, oh, go right ahead. Go right ahead. I was going to say anytime we're carrying that, that amount of stress, that's going to contribute to something we call Pre-sleep cognitive arousal is the technical term for it. When your brain and your mind kind of is is too active for you to relax into sleep. So we fall asleep when we feel physically and emotionally safe. Hmm. So how do we know that we feel safe? Okay, what is that feeling like? How do I define that? Mm, Good question. I feel like feeling safe means that you don't have things you're worried about right now (laughs) Um, and that you know that you are in a good, safe environment uh, and you can kind of rest easy knowing that the world's going to be okay when you're sleeping. 
Wow, that's a great explanation. And I have to tell you, I'm so far from that. I can't say that I have a fear of it. Seriously, Roxanne, I can't say that I have a fear of it, that I'm not sleeping well. And I can tell you, I am not sleeping well. And I try to read. I try to read things that are funny. Um, What is one thing we can do? I mean, I know there are certain times we're not supposed to eat when we are getting dressed or preparing to sleep because that can be aggravating to our system as well, correct? Right. Um, so I guess I want to back up and, and look about our days. Um, we want our bodies to know there's a big difference between the daytime and the rest time. So during the day, as cold and as uncomfortable as it is, if we can get outside and move our bodies around and take walks, that actually helps us sleep at night. Um, and we need to make our nights kind of cozy and dark. Um, so a couple of hours before bed, you should be dimming the lights, kind of making a calm atmosphere, turning off the electronics, not watching any kind of shows or news that might be uh, exciting or upsetting. That's part of the winding down process. I love that because that's a problem. It's not just on the inside of, of your space. It's on the outside with the big lights in the neighborhood. And, you know, even at Christmas, all of the sparkling lights, no matter what room you go to, you see it. And I love it. But at the same time, I have been having a, a hard time really focusing on sleeping. And once I was in Hawaii um, and I saw on a television show a young Hawaiian native. Um, he must have been about 16 years old. And he was slowly dying because he could not go into REM sleep. I don't know how that starts or how much we know about that process, but I love your, your comments. Thank you. Are you... I... Yeah, sleep is something that's required for life. Um, so our body will, will make us sleep when we need it. So um, that can be dangerous if you're, if you're driving. So that's something I want to put out there, too. Don't drive when you're drowsy. Exactly. So the psychology and the neuroscience of sleep, what have you, are you learning today through this pandemic that is something you may not have looked at before or something you just wanted to come back to and get even more clarity on? Oh, great question. Um, there are a lot of fantastic researchers across the world studying this, studying how our dreams change during the pandemic, what we're dreaming about, what our subconscious minds are trying to process. Um, I think one thing that, that might be kind of a good thing is how more people are becoming better in touch with their bodies and maybe realizing that the schedule that they had before the pandemic wasn't working well for them. Um, maybe they're more of a night person and, and, and feel more comfortable waking up around 9 or 10 a.m. Um, so I feel like the world needs to go back to a better system that's, that acknowledges people's needs more. And I hope that sleep is one of those needs because quite a few people actually found their sleep improving um, when, when we were in kind of lockdown and people weren't kind of going off to early schools and early jobs. Yeah, that's all inclusive. Uh, I'm amazed when I am traveling on a plane and they turn off the lights, but then they still allow you to uh, watch the little videos that they have about the airline. Or you can watch where the plane is traveling and how quickly it's getting there. And none of that helps me sleep on a plane. None of it. And so I keep saying to myself, okay, they tell me I can get these earbuds or these headphones that will cancel out all the sound and that'll help me sleep. And you see it in movies all the time. This is how important it is for us 
to sleep. They tell us all the time, even through movies and television, please sleep. You really need to sleep. So if we're not doing it, and no matter where we are, we are still having light coming in through our blinds or our curtains, and we don't do all that we need to do to prepare for sleep, because it is a preparation, correct? It is a preparation. How does that begin for you? One of the things I pay attention to is my body. What is my body telling me? One of the signs that I'm getting sleepy is when I start to get cold. Your body temperature is actually dropping a couple degrees as you're you're getting into your window for sleep preparation. And my eyes, I have a harder time focusing and reading. Um, that's another sign that my body's ready for bed. So I'm kind of doing calm activities. And when I get those signals, I just hop into bed. Um, and if I can't drift off pretty quickly, I like to put on a podcast of somebody with a soothing voice reading classic literature. Mm. <laughs> and that me out. And that'll knock me out too. <laughs> I do know um, before the pandemic, like in 2019, there were so many young people that were staying on their, um, you know, iPads or their iPhones just to, you know, communicate. They're constantly in conversation and they don't sleep very well. Now we don't hear so much about a lot of those young people not getting the rest. What are you learning about young people maybe letting go of all of the uh, apps that they have to communicate with their friends. Are you seeing a difference that people, young people are really sleeping better? I think some are and some aren't. And I know that's kind of a vague and frustrating answer, but um, I think maybe the novelty of, of some of these things has worn off and are really craving that in-person, deep, slow conversations. Um, I think I think that's part of it, and the, the technology just isn't replacing it in the same way. Yeah, I can I can imagine. Here's the thing: I've had many of many friends of mine who say, "Jarlin, get into something like Noom." Uh, you know, the psychology of it, how it talks to your brain, how it really helps you to understand how you got here and how to get out of here, right? How to get to, to being mm-hmm. better, having better sleep. When you hear about this type of technology and how it deals with us, the psychology of us, what should we be aware of or maybe even concerned about? Well, I, I did want to mention that the psychology of sleep is actually a really good place to start with people who are having trouble sleeping. And a psychology of sleep programs called CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Insomnia, is the number one treatment um, for insomnia, not pills, but working with the psychology of it. And they do have online apps like Sleepio that can help people who have insomnia. So, Getting into the psychology of it is actually pretty helpful for people um, who really have a hard time sleeping. Yeah, I'm kind of one of those these days. And so what do we do? We have the stages of sleep that are really important to us. Can you give us even three of the top ones that we really need to hone in on in order for us to find a better sleep, a better way to sleep? Sure. Um, So I'll kind of walk you through. Um, We start in light sleep. And if we're too stressed or anxious, it's hard for our bodies to get into that light sleep. And then after we go through light sleep, we get deep or slow wave sleep. And this is critically important for your body and your brain. This is when your body makes a lot of antibodies um, to fight off illness. This is when your 
brain clears out a lot of the cellular waste products and kind of keeps the brain healthy. So that slow-wave sleep is in the first half of the night. And then the last half of the night, we have more what's called REM, rapid eye movement or dreaming Mm -hmm. sleep. And this is when we do a lot of emotional processing work and memory work when we're unconscious, but our brain is very active. So we need all, both of those kind of REM and slow wave sleep. Um, and, and light sleep is kind of what gets us into and out of and in between these stages. Okay, so then if that's true, and, and we are all hearing this now, what do we need to do right before we sleep so that we can arrive at REM sleep? So um, what we need to do is kind of make sure our sleep environment is one that feels safe and isn't going to be interrupted. So if it, that could be pets, that could be ambulance sounds, it could be bed partner who snores too much, but kind of taking a look at what is going on in your sleep bedroom environment and thinking if there's things that can change it. Um, if you're really having trouble sleeping, bring that up with your healthcare provider. Maybe it's possible you have a sleep disorder like sleep apnea or or restless legs where just a little fix is going to be life-changing for you in terms of your ability to get good rest. That's great advice. Now, can you give me the difference between REM sleep and non-REM and why is it that both of them, you can still go into a great sleep with both of them, right? Yes, yes. So non-REM is when your body slows way down. um, If you get accidentally woken up from non-REM sleep, you are like a zombie. You have no idea what's going on. You're (laughs) out of it. Um, This is when our body, our brain slows down enough. It can clean itself, almost like the rent cycle of a dishwasher. So this is a really important stage. goes through a couple hours a day. And then oh, REM lovely. sleep is later, and it's much more active. Your brain is very active during REM sleep. Mm-hmm. A lot of us love to read before we go to sleep, right? And I remember yes. reading um, Beloved, <clears throat> and I, it was very frightening, and but I loved it. It was 400 and some pages. I just kept reading and kept reading till I finished yep. it. Is it important for us to know what affects us or adversely affects us when it comes to reading at night? Yes, and I'm a person who if the book is good, I'll just keep going. So right. that's why I choose short stories at night so I can, like, not, you know, just peek around to the next chapter. Wow, that's great advice. <laughs> I never thought about that one. That's really good. I'm going to try that one. I promise you I'm going to try that. And then finally, um, my muscles don't always seem to relax. I've got so much on my brain. I'm in school. I'm trying to figure out everything that I have going on. And it's frustrating because I find myself waking up and tossing and turning and then waking up, sleeping for about 40 minutes, and then waking up again, and the whole process starts again. Those of us that go through this, is it the food that we eat at night? Is it um, not under or not knowing what we can do to really have clarity on what we should be doing in order to get to REM sleep? What it can be for a number of people, quite a few people, and I'm not don't want to imply that this is you, but a lot of people who describe that um, sometimes have trouble breathing during the night and have some sleep disordered breathing or problems where their legs just feel like they need to fidget and move and kick. And so both of these are symptoms of very treatable sleep disorders that I would maybe bring up with a a sleep physician. Another thing to check is to make sure you don't have caffeine or alcohol 
um, too late into the afternoon for caffeine or um, too late into the evening for alcohol. Both of those make it really hard to sleep. So alcohol, I understand, but coffee, come on, come on. It's like <laughs> well, I drink coffee time. all day long. <laughs> See, okay, that's, that's, that's what's going on. That's the problem. <laughs> has a half-life of about eight hours, and it's longer in most women. So caffeine okay. takes longer to metabolize for most women. So I stopped doing the creamer and the sugar. And I feel better, right? I feel <laughs> yeah, like I'm smarter, but you still have the caffeine. Okay. <laughs> what caffeine does is it blocks adenosine, which is our body's natural way of telling us that we're tired. Ooh, my favorite coffee shop's gonna be calling me. How come you haven't been here? <laughs> Roxanne decaf. said I should let it go. <laughs> yeah, decaf. There you go, Roxanne. What a pleasure having you join us tonight. Is there anything else you want to share with us that you feel we haven't talked about that people may really need to know? Um, if you, if you have a feeling something's going on with your sleep, it probably is. And it's definitely worth talking to your healthcare provider about it because everybody feels better when they get better sleep. Nobody ever is like, Whoo, you know, I'm getting better sleep and my life has come apart. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I went in and, and got a sleep test years ago just to see if I was really going to sleep. And they told me, they said, you know, you're starting to really get into it where it's not good. It's not good for your health. So what does that mean? What happens when you're not sleeping well, um, your body reacts adversely, uh, to what is happening, whether you're drinking coffee or, or alcohol, or you're not eating the right foods, you're not exercising or walking some of the things you talked about tonight. Um, so is it too late for those that refuse to do it? Or can we all start at any time and say, I'm going to be better for it? Oh, you can change your life tonight with better sleep, right? So right. you need to get the resources that you need um, to do so. So when it was, what's bad for our bodies is your body interprets not getting enough sleep as an emergency, and it kicks in your stress system, your sympathetic nervous system. So your heart rate and your blood pressure and your blood sugar all go up because your body thinks it needs to be in an emergency state. Wow. Well, you have sure enlightened me tonight. I'm going to really try some of these things. Usually I just lay on my back and start doing my exercises for the knee replacement that I had. When I can't sleep, I just do my exercises, and it's never enough. I just don't seem to sleep long enough. So thank you for this. I'm going to keep studying, reading, and then, of course, the food that we eat has a whole lot to do with the way we sleep as well. Don't eat the cheese sandwich, like the grilled cheese, before you go to sleep, right? (laughs) Don't Um, do it. I'm more worried about the coffee, but. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, come on. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. I'll give in, I'll give in. Uh, Professor Roxanne Pritchard, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, She is with the University of St. Thomas, and she is a professor who specializes in psychology and neuroscience. Thank you again. I hope we can call on you because, you know, I will need your help. I will. All right. Sweet dreams. Take care. Take care. Bye. Okay, so for those of you that, you know, say to yourselves, oh, I, I can I can handle all of this. It's no big deal. You know, I may lose a little bit of sleep. No, no, this is serious business. I didn't get to finish that story about Hawaii where I was watching television, and this young man, he looked to be about 16 to 21, and he was slowly dying because he could not go into REM sleep. He couldn't sleep. It is that severe, that serious. And even though you may not hear about it or see it, please know that this is something that's happening to our bodies that we really have to get a hold of. And we may be putting it off, but stop putting it off. I'm going to stop putting it off and just get it done. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.